So today we honor our fathers. And 28 years ago, Father's Day in 1993 also fell on June 20th. Today is June 20th, 1993, or today's June 20th, 2021. And it's the anniversary of 28 years ago of a day that is forever, forever emblazoned in my life and the life of my family. 28 years ago this day, my father on Father's Day went home from a family picnic that we were having to see his mom who did not show up at the picnic because she wasn't feeling well and discovered her in her home in a pool of blood that she had taken her own life. And I can't even imagine as a father finding your, on Father's Day, finding your mother in that state. I sometimes thank God that I wasn't there, but then many times I say I should have been there. We always look back and we always look at the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I should have done that. I would have done this if I could have, especially when it comes to suicides. There is never an answer, it seems, in those cases. But God's mercy is greater than even this. We didn't talk about it much for 10 years that remained after my grandmother took her life. It was a subject I think we avoided because as Catholics, we had always been told that if you take your life, you are automatically condemned to hell. That's what I always thought. And then 10 years later in 2003, I'm in North Carolina and I come back to my faith. I found through God's grace, a spark to return strong to my faith. And I started coming back to mass and I started praying and started doing the divine office and, and my life began to change. And somebody told me once about something called a general confession. A general confession is where you go into, please don't do it on a regular Saturday with 20 people behind you in line. But you make an appointment with a priest and you basically walk through your entire life confessing your sins as you go. And as I was doing this, confessing all my sins from my past life, I got to 1993. Now here I'm in his office of this priest in 2003, so it was 10 years later. And I confess that it still haunted me that Back in 1993, my grandmother who took her life, I really wasn't there for her. I knew she was struggling, but I was so preoccupied with my college degree, getting that first engineering job, buying my first house, um, my girlfriend, all of this. And I remember when my grandma took her life, I don't even remember praying for her. We were more, or I was, not the rest of the family, I was more concerned with our reputation. 
that I didn't want the news to get out that, that my grandma had committed suicide. And so 10 years later, this all weighed very heavy. And I told the priest about it and he said a couple things of encouragement. And then I said something to the effect that now her soul is lost because she took her life. And he said, why do you say that? I said, well, Father, you are a priest. You should know this. The church teaches that a soul that takes its life is lost. He said, that's not church teaching. And I said, huh? He said, no. So the catechism 2282 says there are things such as mitigating circumstances, mental illness, great depression, anxiety, grave fear, suffering. My grandma had suffered greatly that may reduce the culpability or eliminate the culpability of one who takes their own life. And he made it very clear though, suicide is never the answer. Please, if you are struggling in any way with these thoughts, Please, we beg you, it is never the answer, ever. So the priest said, however, this has happened. Remember that sometimes a soul doesn't have free will. In order for a soul to be or a sin to be completely mortal, the person has to have full free will. They have to choose it and want to do it don't believe necessarily my grandma fit into that category and maybe many others like her who don't want to take their life but see no other way out. Mark Massery, our precious employee at the Marion Helper Center who took his life just a few months ago comes to mind. So I'm there with this priest and he says, go home tonight and pray the chaplet of divine mercy for the salvation of the soul of your grandmother. First question I had is, what's the chaplet of divine mercy? I had never heard of it. And he said, go home, pray this prayer. This is a very powerful prayer. It will help your grandmother. I said, well, Father, I don't think you heard me. My grandmother died 10 years ago. She's been judged. She's either in heaven, I hope, or hell, I hope not. But I can't change that now. And, and then I realized, oh, you must be talking about purgatory. You must be talking about make some prayers for her to be released from purgatory if she even made it. And he said, no. Pray the chaplet for her salvation. It may make a difference. And you as her grandson have that in your ability, in your power as a loved one. I was baffled. I said, Father, I don't understand. And he said, listen, God is outside of time. There is no time for God. There is no past for God. There is no future for God. Everything for God is one big eternal present moment. Everything is present before God at one instant. If this is the beginning of the world, Adam and Eve, and this is the end of the world, God sees it all at one moment. So your grandmother did not commit suicide 10 years ago to God. 
it's all present right now, as well as you being here at this moment. It's all at the same instant for God. This is why at the Mass we are at Calvary and we are, we are there as Christ is paying our debt for sin. We're not reenacting it. You're there at Calvary. Everything in eternity is outside of time. This baffled me. And he said, listen, it's documented, Padre Pio, this is documented by the Franciscans, was once at a doctor and the doctor was giving him a physical evaluation and the doctor noticed Padre Pio was praying and the doctor said, what are you praying for? And Padre Pio says, I'm praying for the conversion and the happy death, get this, of my grandfather. And the doctor said, well, I knew your grandfather. He died over 20 years ago. And Padre Pio said, I know, but God knew 20 years ago that I would be here tonight and I would make this prayer and God will give the graces of this prayer to my grandfather at the moment of his death so that he'll accept those graces and have a happy death and conversion. I'm sitting there in awe and absolutely baffled. He said, listen, Chris, God is so loving and so merciful that even someone who takes their own life, that sin, as great as it is, is not greater than the mercy of God. The only sin outside the mercy of God is not asking for God's mercy. And I said, well, there you go, Father. Grandma didn't have time to ask for God's mercy. Isn't this the reason the church always taught that a suicide was condemnable or to be condemned because there's no time to repent. I said, Father, my grandma took her life. She pulled the trigger of a handgun. There was no time to repent. He looked at me and he says, you don't think in the time it took a bullet to travel three inches that God can't work a miracle? You don't think in the time it took from the decision your grandma made to pull the trigger, by the time that traveled three inches, that God can't come to the soul? I said, I never thought about that. He says, here's the diary of St. Faustina. I said, St. who? Never heard of her. Diary of St. Faustina. And St. Faustina says in diary 1486 that Jesus comes to the soul three times at the moment of death and gives the soul the opportunity to repent. I said, I never heard this. He says, you need to read about St. Faustina and her diary. The only diary I ever heard of was a diary of Anne Frank. And now he's telling me about some diary of St. Faustina. He said, listen, God gives the opportunity, and the catechism confirms this. Because I thought, well, maybe this is just some crazy private revelation thing. Because, you know, many Catholics reject all private revelation. And he says it's in the catechism, 2283, the next paragraph. And he pulls it out and he says, we should not despair of the salvation of one who has taken their own life in ways known to God alone, he can provide them the opportunity for repentance. We know not how, 
but we know that God does, and he just confirmed it with St. Faustina, and it's in the catechism. I was blown away. So this priest told me, think of this, Chris, your prayers tonight, place in the hands of Mary, say this chaplet of divine mercy, and place it in the hands of Mary. And God has the power, he's omniscient, so he's all knowing, he knows, he knew tw 10 years ago you'd make this prayer. And he's also omnipotent, which means he's all powerful, which means he has the power to take the grace from your prayers. John Paul II told us that we are to be many co-redeemers. We participate in the salvation of Christ. The grace doesn't come from us, the grace goes through us. And he said, those prayers that you make now for your grandma can be showered over your grandmother's head at the moment of her judgment. He said, do you know if your grandmother received the sacraments when she died, before she died? I said, I don't know. He said, did she have viaticum, last rites, confession, anointing? I said, I don't know. He said, look, you said your grandma wasn't really practicing. I said, no. And you see this image of divine mercy behind me. This image of divine mercy, if Brother Ben can show it, is like Jesus coming to every soul at that moment of our death. In a way, my grandmother turned her back on, on Jesus coming to her because she was not practicing her faith to at least, I don't know, maybe she was in her heart. That's why we can never judge a person. Sins can only be objectively grave. They can't, we don't know what's mortal or not because we don't know the state of their heart. But he said, if your grandma has turned her back on God, your prayers tonight poured over her soul, even though it was 10 years ago, could be, could be enough grace for her to turn around and say yes to God when ordinarily she may not have been able to. Your prayers are needed. Again, the grace doesn't come from you. It goes through you. The grace is from God. And he explained to me that Mary at Fatima said, thousands of souls go to hell because there's nobody to pray for them. What it means is these are the souls that didn't actively seek God in their life, but they can still be saved through us if we pray for them and that grace is given to them and they accept it. I can't accept it for grandma. I can't say, grandma, be quiet. God, she says, yes, I can't do that. Grandma has to say yes, but I believe fully that she did. And I was given this prayer card, and this priest told me, he says, it's like this veil that your prayers, like if, if grandma has a veil that she can't see Jesus, because when Jesus comes, she may not recognize him. Paragraph 1486, as I said in the diary, Jesus says, I come to every soul three times. If, I, if, if they reject me, I leave, but I'll come back. A second time, if they reject me, I will leave and I'll come back a third time. If they reject me, then the soul's lost. But what happens during that time is your prayers, even from 10, 20, 50 years in the future, poured on them, may help to remove that veil so that they can see God for who he is. And then maybe, just maybe enough grace to say yes to God when ordinarily they may not have. This changed my life. This priest handed me a prayer card 
with this picture of the divine mercy on the front of it, and on the back of it was how to pray the chaplet of divine mercy. That prayer card on how to pray the chaplet of divine mercy was given to me, and I looked at it, and I read it, and I said, Father, I don't know, but I got to dedicate my life to spreading this message. I had never had anything affected me more at a single moment in my life as I did that. And I said, Father, I don't know how, I, but, but I got to spend the rest of my life spreading this message. Now, I had no idea God was going to make me a priest. But I took that prayer card. I still have it. And that prayer card was printed at the Association of Marian Helpers in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Guess who now is the director of the Association of Marian Helpers in Stockbridge, Massachusetts? I am. Funny how God works, huh? And so as I went about this, I still had my doubts until the priest opened up the diary of St. Faustina and he read paragraph 1698. It's not long but it's life-changing. At least it was for me. Paragraph 1698, the priest said, God's mercy, this is the words of St. Faustina, God's mercy sometimes touches the sinner at the last moment in a wondrous and mysterious way. Obviously, it seems as if everything were lost as it did with my grandma, but it is not so. The soul, illuminated by a ray of God's powerful final grace, turns to God in the last moment. This is what he described to me that grandma might do. That turns to God in the last moment with such a power of love that in an instant it receives from God forgiveness of all sin and punishment. And he said, Chris, this is where your prayers come in. While outwardly it shows no sign either of repentance or of contrition, because souls at that age no longer react to external things. Oh, how beyond comprehension is God's mercy. Although a person is at the point of death, the merciful God gives the soul that interior vivid moment so that if the soul is willing, it has the possibility of returning to God. I looked and I said, you've got to be kidding me. We have a God so merciful, so loving, that he'll allow a knucklehead like me who didn't even pray for my grandma 10 years earlier to now pray for her and maybe aid her and assist her in salvation? I couldn't believe it. So I'll finish with this. The devil will always get into any, mess into any plan. And so after all this, my life started to change. I started going back to faith. Three years later, I came to the Marian Fathers. I had discerned that maybe God was calling me after three years of discernment to the priesthood. And I came to the Marian Fathers. I went through postulant year, novitiate year, my first year of vows, and then I still was struggling. I was struggling because 
there was a, a, a young lady very close to me in North Carolina who I was planning to marry, and I had broken everything off to become a priest. And one morning I would wake up and I was sure that I was to be a priest. The next morning I would wake up, I was sure I was to marry Gina. And the next morning I was sure I was to be a priest. The next morning I was sure I was to marry Gina. It was torture. So I left. I left the Marian fathers and I came and God made it very clear when I was down there that it was his will for me to be a Marian. Trusting in him, I came back, but I still wasn't sure. This was torture. And all of a sudden, I am at a parish, and I was doing some talks. I did talks as a brother before I was even a priest and then as a priest. And I was in Silver Spring, Maryland, at a parish there, and I was going to do a talk. And I said, I'm not going to do this talk about my grandmother tonight because I don't really know if it's true. I was having doubts. The evil one was having doubts, was giving me doubts. And I said to the Lord, please, I don't recommend challenging God, but I want to finish with what happened. And I said to God, Lord, if this is really true, if this really happens, that we can make a difference in somebody's salvation through praying the chaplet, if they accept that grace, you have to show me. Because right now, I don't want to mislead people. I don't know if this is true. I'm doubting, Lord. I am not exaggerating. It took God all of three hours to answer. As I was walking back from the rectory to the parish where I was speaking, there was a lady getting out of her car, and it looked like a gym locker. And she looked at me. And she said, are you the one who did the CD on your grandmother that took her life? I said, yes. She said, can I speak with you? And I said, yes. I said, but I am going to do the talk. And I had changed my mind. I wasn't going to talk about this topic. And she said, Father, I'd like to tell you something very quickly. She said, your story is eerily similar to mine. I had an uncle who took his life. And like you, I didn't pray for him. Like you, I thought his soul was lost. Like you, I just was in despair. She said, Father, then like you, I heard about the Divine Mercy Chaplet from your CD. And I started to pray it. And I started to pray chaplet after chaplet for my Uncle John. And she went to a, a well-known priest in the Washington, D.C. area that is well-known for reading souls like a mystic. And she went to confession, and she never mentioned the story about her uncle. And she did her confession, and as she was leaving, the priest said to her, by the way, your uncle is okay. Your chaplets worked. And she said, Father, what are you talking about? He said, your chaplets worked. She said, excuse me, Father? He said, did you have an uncle who took his life? She goes, oh my gosh, Father, I never told you that. And she started to cry and she said, Father, I never told you that. How did you know? He said, the chaplets that you have been praying 
gave the grace through God. He accepted those graces and he's now in heaven. And she said, oh my gosh, Father, how do you know that? How do you know this? He said, I just saw it. That is the power of God's mercy and the Divine Mercy Chaplain. So on this day, let us pray, especially for all our fathers on Father's Day, living and deceased. The power of the chaplet for them to be good fathers, living or deceased. And if your father was not a good father, they especially need the prayer of the chaplet. Praise be to God that our loving father took care of us and gave us the ultimate gift of his son so that we could return to him and be reunited with our true father for all eternity. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.